0: To episode 10 of the 412 Double Play Podcast. Today is July 3rd. I am, as always, your host, Michael Castorgano. Joining me, my co-host, Ed Wassel. Ed, thanks for joining. How are you doing today? How was your birthday this weekend?
1: Hey, I'm doing good, thanks. Uh, birthday was good. Good. Just, we another, just...
0: just another year. <laughs> well, at least you have a nice long holiday weekend to celebrate it. We had just posted the top 10 for our Prospect picks, go check that out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Really had a lot of fun working on that and uh, going through the the hopefully future roster picks. But let's look at the roster roundup for this past week. Really busy week. The twenty seventh activated infielder Josh Van Meter called up relief. Uh, excuse me, right hand pitcher Miguel Yahure, make a spot start, and he did pretty solid in a start. Uh, option Cal Mitchell, outfielder that was expected. DFA'd left-handed pitcher Anthony Banda, that was a little bit surprising, given that other pitchers had options. Banda was doing much better lately. Added a sinker to his pitching arsenal. Ended up getting traded to the Blue Jays for cash considerations at the end of the week. The next day after his start, Yahoo Ray optioned back to Indy, and the Pirates recalled left-handed pitcher Aaron Fletcher. We we're kind of short on southpaws, so that makes sense. The 30th activated infielder, Tukapita Marcano, dfa Yu Chang, finally. <laughs> I feel like he was on the roster for much longer than he should have been, but didn't play at all last week, so it's only a matter of time before he was cut. And then July 2nd optioned, Fletcher to Indianapolis, recalled Bryce Wilson for a spot start. He also had a really good start. We'll get into that in a little bit when we get to the week- weekly recap. Uh, outfielder, Jake Marisnick, left-hand pitcher Dylan Peters, and right-handed pitcher, Dwayne Underwood Jr. started rehab assignments last week. And then uh, today, Wilson was optioned to Indy. Yuri De Los Santos placed on the COVID IL. Activated Underwood. So he's back on the team. And right-handed pitcher Zach Thompson from the IL. So he can make a start today. Did a pretty good job. I, I think, once again, we'll get into that with the re- weekly recap. Also traded cash considerations to the Yankees for left-handed pitcher Manny Banuelos. Hopefully, I pronounced that right as I have a history of not doing so great with that. So, lots of moves this past week guys coming up, guys coming, going down, coming off rehab stints, Southpaw coming in, Southpaw going out. What do you make of all this, Ed?
1: Uh, I'm not really sure why they DFA'd Underwood. I'm assuming there's some underwoods sort of on the plan? team. I'm sorry, not Underwood. Uh, Jesus. Banda? Banda, thank you.
0: Yeah, his stats on the season weren't great, and he gave up a couple runs in his last outing, I believe against the Rays, it was last weekend. But before that, he had three or four outings where he went at least one inning scoreless. The sinker was really working. I was surprised. I, I was a little bit confused why... I thought it would have been like either De Los Santos or maybe View would go down at that point in time because they both had options. But um, no, they went with Banda. Now we'll see Benuelos, who's basically taking his spot as a left-handed reliever, potentially can do well. He's got like a uh, 1.8 ERA on the season. Historically, hasn't been that great. I think he's like 28, 29, but Banda was about that range, too. So, And relief pitchers, even left-handed pitchers, are, I guess, uh, expendable. But it's just kind of a recurring trend. Sam Howard, DFA lost him. Not a great loss, but still. Um, who were the other guys? We almost lost Aldred. We lost uh, Bo Seltzer. These guys come up and then we're losing them for basically nothing. Cash considerations, who knows how much that is. Probably whatever they end up sending to the Yankees. Just In a season where they're breaking the bullpen seemingly every game where they really are going to need the depth and then just Losing guys this easily, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not loving that path they've been taking.
1: Yeah, not sure. I mean, maybe it's just guys they aren't seeing they're going to be on the team long term anyway. I mean, you, you lose one, you pick one up. Kind of just a bit of a cycle there.
0: Yeah. And more moves are expected to come. Uh, Charrington said either today or yesterday that he expects Yoshi Sutugo and Ben Gamel to return for the Yankees series. Obviously, no moves announced yet on that. But probably going to be in Pittsburgh Tuesday. And then we'll have those corresponding moves on next week's episode. Uh, looking at the weekly recap Pirates started a three-game series against the Nationals with a lead late in the game. Yahure pitched four innings of shutout ball, but Shelton's continued insistence that relievers pitch multiple innings hurt the squad again, as both Yuri De Los Santos and Chris Stratton struggled in their second innings of relief. Game two similarly had a stymied offense and a pitcher giving up runs in a second inning of relief, as Crow allowed two runs in the eighth inning to lose the second game 3-1. to Bucks bounced back for an unlikely 8-7 win in the final game. Keller struggled early, but Reynolds crushed three homers. Bullpen managed to hold it together to salvage a game in the series. Back home against the Brewers, O'Neill Cruz and Jack Sowinski both hit long balls, but Michael Perez smashed three homers. Second game in a row, Bucks had a player hit three home runs, and the Bucks once again won eight-seven. J.T. Brubaker went six innings, allowing four runs. David Bednar had a rough outing coming in for the save, but Yuri De Los Santos managed to shut it down for the last out of the game. Game two didn't go quite as well. Rowanzi Contreras had his worst start yet, lasting only one and two-thirds innings. The offense only managed three hits in a 19-2 loss. Canview threw 56 pitches in one inning of relief, the most thrown by a Pirates reliever since pitch tracking started in 1998. Pirates rebounded in game three, 7-4 win behind a solid start by Wilson. Home runs by Chavis and Cruz and a shutdown outing by Bednar, notching his 12th save of the season team wasn't unfortunately able to get a series win today as thompson gave up a fourth inning two run home run bucks couldn't score any runs dropping the game two to zero so we were half right with our predictions we said two or three from the nationals two or four from the brewers felt like there were some other games in there that were winnable but definitely not that 19-2 outing
1: yeah and they they really should have swept the nationals they had all those games within reach. Like you said, late inning uh, losses due to the pen.
0: Yeah, I don't think I came down as hard on Hurdle as I am Shelton and his bullpen mismanagement. Because he's pushing these guys to go multiple innings and he's pushing the starters out of the games really. Yahoo, right? That makes sense. He hasn't really been – I think he's been moving between starting and relieving, when in Indianapolis. Um, but Quintana only went six innings. I think he was at like maybe 80-some pitches. At some point in time, you let the vets go a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, he definitely should have went one more.
0: And there's just no reason to have every guy go multiple innings every time. And that's basically what he's been doing. It's been burning guys like De Los Santos, Stratton. Crow, I think, is the, your best – Crow and maybe uh, Chase Young are your best choices to do it. But they are both going to have outings where they give up runs second inning too. So – And, that's it's tough. Tough. and they're, they're burning these bullpen guys, so they're not able to use them later on in the, in the week. You get um, – Bednar having like long outings where they use him multiple innings and now they're questioning whether or not that's going to hurt him long term and he's supposed to be our lockdown closer, potential all-star representative. And he's getting his arm burned out because I'm going to go through that. Yep. (sighs) Do you think we complain enough about Shelton and what's going on with the team?
1: Uh... No, we probably still leave some on the table.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. All right, well, we had some exciting talk about the prospects the past couple weeks. Like I said, go check those out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Let's look down on the farm. This past week, Indianapolis Indians traveled to the Nashville Sounds. The Indians lost four of six in the series. Cal Mitchell, back with Indianapolis, hit 471 on the week. While rehabbing Bucko Yoshi, Sutsugo had two home runs, walked six times to only two strikeouts. Gerard Eikhoff, proving himself only good in the minors, went five innings, allowing two runs, striking out seven in his start. While relief pitcher Camp Aldred pitched five innings while, without giving up an earned run. Indians are now 37-39. and 39. Altoona hosting the Harrisburg Senators. Curve 1-4-6 from the Senators behind strong pitching from Carmen Majinski, who went six innings, allowed one earned run, striking out eight. And rehabbing Bucko, Dylan Peters, through three shutout innings, striking out three. Andres Alvarez, Blake Sable, Connor Scott, and Jared Triolo all went yard this past week. Matt Gorski was solid to start the series, but unfortunately went on the injured list after a leg injury occurring during Wednesday's game, leading to him being carted off the field. Really brutal, hoping for a good health. Speedy recovery to Matt. Was having an awesome season. Just... Hurts. Hurts to see that. Hurts to have that happen. Um, Thinking of you, bud. Curve moved to 37 and 38 on the season. And then Greensboro at Hickory Crawdads. Grasshopper split the series with the Crawdads. Strong pitching from Justin Mize. Nine innings, seven hits, two runs, and eight strikeouts with five walks. And Sean Sullivan, who went six shutout innings, three hits, three walks, and, uh, excuse me, four strikeouts. Offense exploded this week. Andy Rodriguez, Jackson Glenn, Abraham Gutierrez, and Ernie Ordonez all batted over 1,000 OPS. Greensboro record, however, falls to 31-43. and 43. And now Bradenton at home against the Tampa Tarpons. Marauders also lost 4-6. Uh, Sergio Campagna sparked the offense with a four fifty-five, five 500 727 line, and Poyu Chen threw five scoreless innings of one-hit ball with three strikeouts. Christian Charlie, a relief pitcher, went five and a third innings over two games, allowing just two hits and striking out seven. Marauders are now 33-41 and 41 on the year. Ed, lots of stuff going on. Uh, another note I wanted to point out, all three, well, technically all four of my uh, top ten pitchers, uh, Quinn Priester, Michael Burroughs, Jared Jones, and Ronzi Contreras had blow-up starts this past week. <laughs> I don't think any of them went three innings. You brought bad luck. I guess I did. <laughs> we were we were recording during Bro's start and he no 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 he was going he was going good. I think he went four innings before and then he gave up <laughs> five runs in the fifth or something, but um Yeah. So Indianapolis, we're seeing guys rehabbing. Newman had a good week. I guess he can hit triple-A pitching. Uh, Yoshi, two home runs. That's promising considering he's coming back. Not sure I love that he's coming back, but, uh, and then Altoona, lots of power showing up. Alvarez didn't have the strongest week, but getting a home run, his 12th, I think on the season, but losing Gorski, that's a big hit. Yeah. That one really hurts. He was on a real tear this season. Uh, and we talked before the call, Christian Charlie, did you find out anything about this dude? Uh, I did,
1: and I closed it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, he was an international signing back in the 2017-2018 season. He's got a fastball changeup. Fastball sits in mid-90s. But just kind of interesting because he's got such a low uh, ERA on the season. Not a guy that we've certainly had on any of our lists. And um, not that I've seen on anyone's list, but that's fine. This is a place to bring up unknown players and bring them to the forefront. Hopefully, they're going to have good seasons. 2-0 on the season so far, pitching exclusively in relief. 1.84 ERA, 18 games, 29 in the third innings, 36 strikeouts, and only eight walks. So... We're gonna have to keep our eye on that guy, see if he comes up through the ranks anytime soon. He is Rule 5 eligible this season, and I did want to quickly pivot to our first special for the day, how to handle the upcoming roster crunch. We talked last week about the roster crunch for guys coming off rehab assignments, that's currently underway, but now I wanna pivot to the off-season, this upcoming off-season examining a number of guys not currently on the 40-man roster who will be Rule 5 eligible. I did mention Christian Charlie, currently down in single A <laughs> with Bradenton. Very unlikely that he is added to the 40-man roster. There's only a small, limited amount of guys. We talked before the call last season, Kanon Smith and Jigba, um, Travis Swaggerty, Jack Sowinsky, and over Peguero were added. Certain guys like Cal Mitchell, Mason Martin were excluded from that. Obviously, we didn't have the Rule 5 draft. doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this offseason. So we definitely want to make sure that we're protecting the guys that we need to. A bunch of guys who are going to be at risk of Rule 5. We have 55 players who are newly eligible for Rule 5 draft. It's not including guys previously like uh, Jacob Gonzalez. But uh, of those guys, I have five who I definitely think will be protected. So the first is Jiwon Bay. Currently in Indianapolis, infielder, outfielder. We've talked about him at length on this show. <laughs> Michael Burrows, starting pitcher. I mean, he could end up being in the rotation next season. He might be on opening day roster. Matt Frazier had a breakout last year, stumbling a little bit this season, but is still very solid outfielder. I feel pretty strongly that he's going to make the forty man. Uh, Andy Rodriguez. He's in the lower levels right now in Greensboro, but he's on a tear. Um, That lost season in 2020 really hurt his ability to move up. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many Rule 5 eligible guys here. We're getting this block and the backlog of players. uh, But he should be protected because I feel like there is a risk that some team will take a chance on him being Major League ready. And finally, Jared Triolo the glove will stick pretty much any position was a gold Glover last year in the minor leagues at third base played infield played outfield the bats pretty good we said earlier how he got a home run this past week the powers there Ed thinks he's a 2020 player I could see it I think it's more of a long shot but definitely has some potential there so Bay Burroughs Frazier Rodriguez and Triolo are my five most likely to make that cut Add any thoughts on this list?
1: I'm uh, The only one you left off that I think if he isn't protected again this year, someone will take is Mitchell.
0: Well, Cal Mitchell's uh, already on the 40-man. This is just guys who are Rule 5 eligible and not oh, on the 40-man yeah. rosters. So, yeah, Mitchell he, is yeah, included. He, he was added this year. Y- yeah, he was added earlier this season – uh, I don't remember which injury it was. I'd have to go back and look at the reports. But yeah, so he, he is on the 40-man. Has to be because he was on the active roster. Right. So outside of that, I have 14 guys who are a little bit more borderline. Some more borderline than others. So going alphabetically, my dude, Andres Alvarez, I don't, I don't love that I have him as a borderline. Currently in Altoona. I feel like he's... You know, he's a right-handed hitter. This team really kind of needs right-handed pitchers. Uh, Excuse me, right-handed hitters. Uh, He he hits for average, hits for power. He gets on base. Like, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is incredibly close. He's somebody that I I really hope they take another look at. Carter Bins, he's a catcher. I believe he's currently with Indianapolis more for depth reasons, if he's exposed, it's very likely that he could get picked up. Plus, he was a trade acquisition last season, so there is that chance that Charrington will want to be a little bit more protective of his pieces, like we saw last year with Sawinski, Josh Bish- bissonet I think is how you pronounce it, currently with Indianapolis. Um, a good piece, decent player. Uh, possible that they try to keep him under wraps. Uh, possible that they don't. Ricky DeVito was part of that uh, Rich Rod trade last season. I mentioned that he is a good prospect, uh, relief pitcher, has a good chance of getting picked. Being in the even though the lower levels, he's got some uh, some a good mix of pitches. Uh, Michael Escato, This one's probably the least likely to be taken. He is a top prospect. He was part of the tie-in trade last year that netted us uh, Contreras. Smith and Jigba, Yehure, but he's really been struggling this year. Even though he's going to be Rule 5 eligible and he is a top 20 prospect, he's scuffled so much I can't see it happening. Matt Gorski, we talked about earlier, injured, currently in Altoona. Hopefully he's not going to be out long term. Uh, The injury makes it much less likely he's added. And uh, I, I don't have high expectations, even if he did continue the season, that he would be added given his track record i really like him but he's he's kind of got some more work to do overall uh dario lopez infielder i believe he's with greensboro now <laughs> less likely to get taken rodolfo nolasco also with greensboro uh got some good pop but not a ton of average ernie or also with greensboro um I really like him. Batted over 1,000 this past week. He's been consistently hitting. I'm hoping he gets a promotion to Altoona soon. Not so likely to be taken. Luis Ortiz, pitcher with Altoona. Not having the best season. Very unlikely he gets taken. Blake Sable, catcher, DH, outfielder, first baseman. He's probably going to be fringe as far as being added to that 40-man, especially if he gets moved up to Indianapolis at some point this season. Somebody that they need to keep an eye on. Connor Scott was part of the trade with the Marlins last year for Jacob Stallings, got us Kyle Nicholas and Zach Thompson having an up and down season. Not sure if he gets added And the last two Aaron Shackleford and Dylan Shockley, both with Altoona, both kind of in that in between sort of position. Don't think that either of them gets added, but, uh, solid players, nonetheless kind of like Mason Martin light situation without as much strikeouts. So, a lot of names, obviously went through them very quickly. Specifically, Sable, and honestly, Alvarez and Bins would be the guys who I I feel like will be borderline, hopefully get pushed over. Ed, any thoughts on those guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, you didn't seem too concerned about Gorski, where I am a little more concerned about someone potentially scooping him up. Uh, I did read that it appears... It was a, a quad injury that doesn't seem to be as severe as it first looked. Well, that's ap- After the game in the clubhouse, he was up on his feet, was able to leave with just one crutch, so probably won't be out long-term. Uh, hope for a speedy recovery and have him back within the next month. Get back out there and start doing work again.
0: Yeah. Also, right-handed hitter, so that's another... Thing that the team needs like I guess if, if he's not going to be out long term then that's good could potentially work his way up and maybe get another promotion this year he started the season with Greensboro or was he in Bradenton to start the year I thought it was Greensboro must have been must have been Greensboro so uh, and made his way of Taltoona, possibly gets to Indianapolis by end of season and makes it more likely he gets selected It's just tough because I remember last year before rosters had to be set, we had a list of a bunch of guys that we were talking about, like who are they going to add? Cal Mitchell and Mason Martin were two that seemed likely to be added. Neither one was, obviously, without having that Rule 5 draft. It's a moot point, but it's something that we're definitely going to have to consider because this is a team that's going to have to protect prospects if it's going to be successful. We're not doing those big pre-agent signings. So hopefully if
1: we're going to produce that pipeline that we just can kind of keep cycling through, we're going to need the guys there.
0: Yeah. So. But there's also uh, potential
1: that some of those players you mentioned get traded in the off season or as part of a package here towards the deadline.
0: That's true. Uh, Bay has been rumored as a, a guy who could be a piece even guys currently on the 40-man could be expendable. It's just uh, – we'll have to see how that goes. And like you said, with the, the other minor league guys also could be traded. All right. So, moving to special number two, we were talking during this past week about potential opening day lineup for next season. Obviously, we can't predict any trades with any kind of specific, uh, specificity. We can't really assume – with any free agent signings so we're just mostly looking at internal options for what would be the ideal opening day lineup ed why don't you kick it off for us
1: now do you want to just go say i name a position you and you follow up with who you think is going to be in that spot
0: yeah we can do back and forth on this i'm sure like i i'm pretty sure we're going to match up a lot just because of what we have in the system and i think we both gone almost exclusively internal. Yes. All right. Well, I'll start
1: off with catcher. Uh, I think Roberto Perez is going to end up being back with the team, and I'm going to say he's the opening day starter behind the dish.
0: Yep. And I've got uh, Heineman also as his backup. I think that defensively he profiles better. I I know Perez had this three home run game. It doubled his home runs for the season. He hit three in, like, what? 40 50 games before that, whatever it was.
1: Yeah, I think Heineman has a better bat than the uh, Michael Perez as well.
0: Yeah, plus he's a switch hitter, right? Heineman. I think so. Whereas and decent, he's got he's got speed in. for a catcher. Yeah,
1: he's had a couple bunts this season. Yeah, it seems like every game I watch, he's trying to lay one down.
0: Yeah, so I think he's been really solid there. Uh, All right, first base, I I guess I'll go on that. So I've got this as a platoon. I'm not sure if they're actually going to go this route because uh, I've got Blind Madras as the left-handed part of the platoon. He's been really great in the outfield, but he can play first base, and that's kind of a need for a left-handed piece. And Chavis platooning with him. He's looked awful against right-handed pitching, but he's crushed lefties, and he plays pretty good defense over there.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't do a platoon. I did have a, I guess it would be a, Possibility as a platoon. I had Travis starting and then uh, probably not opening day. I did have Gorski as a potential first baseman.
0: Oh, shoot. Okay. But that would depend on,
1: you know, how spring training went, what the offseason
0: has for us. Yeah, course. well, I mean, we're not, yeah, we're not taking any of that into account right now. So, right. All right. Who do you have at second base?
1: Okay. So, second base to start the season, I have Bay.
0: I also have Bay.
1: Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going to rag on me a little bit there.
0: <laughs> nope, I. Well, I think that he's going to be added to the 40-man. I think his best position prob- – his best value is probably second base because he's got a lot of speed. He He's going to get the infield singles. He's going to get line drives down the corner and be able to stretch singles into double, doubles, doubles into triple. He's not going to hit a lot of pop. I – defensively he's not great but I feel like you're you're just gonna have to sacrifice that for the bat and then you know whether they have Newman as a bench player who can come in and kind of be defensive I've got Marcano as as the other uh infield bench guy
1: because yeah, I also can,
0: had Marcano he could do infield he could do outfield I feel like he's a good sub for that but yeah I also had Bay there uh, left side of the infield. I guess I'll just say both of mine because I've got shortstop with Cruz and third base Hayes. I feel like those are kind of no doubters.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much who everyone's going to have starting there.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Leo over Paguero, potentially, but I feel like he's. I think going he's going to gonna start, start in the season in AAA. Yeah, he's definitely he's gonna he should be in AAA. See, it's July by next month. I I feel like it's not going to be until. I don't think they're going to wait. Well, yeah, first week in September is playoffs in Indy, so I'm thinking sometime in August. Altoona's not making a playoff run. Honestly, I don't think any of the teams are. None of them have a record above 500, so better just get the experience. All right, so go ahead and give me your outfield, and uh, we'll compare those up.
1: Okay, you want the whole outfield? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, left field, I have Swaggerty, center field, Reynolds, and right field, Sewinski.
0: We matched up exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're eventually going to push Reynolds to left. I mean, left field basically is a center field. Like Marte, when he was patrolling it alongside Kutch, he was the better fielder defensively than Kutch. Probably should have gotten uh, you know, one or two gold gloves over there. But it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world for him to be over in and left and, instead of center. So I think Swaggerty will be uh, pretty well served there. So you didn't have Madras on in your outfield? I didn't. Oh, interesting. So for DH, I had uh, Smith and Jigba. Is that where you had Madras?
1: That's where ride had Madras.
0: Okay. Now that makes sense. Yeah, I like Smith and Jigba's ability. I feel like he is a uh, younger version of Vogie uh, because he's got such great play discipline. He can hit for power, he can hit for average, um, doesn't strike out a lot. So, yeah. But I don't yeah. hate Adris being there if you've got, uh, if Gorski works out at it first. But, you know, that's if they add him to the 40 man. Right.
1: And even being at it doesn't mean he's going to start up in the major league level.
0: Yeah. No, like you said, it depends on how spring training goes and developing there. So, um, all right. So you said you had your starting pitcher for this?
1: Yeah, I had uh, Contreras starting.
0: I also had Contreras for opening day. So the roster for uh, the rotation for starting pitching, I had Contreras, Thompson, Keller, Brubaker, and Michael Burrows. I feel like he, minus this blow-up start this past Friday, that was just us giving him bad juju or whatever, Uh, has been really solid at every level on every start. He probably could be a starting pitcher in the rotation today, but Quintana's not going to be with us past this season, probably not going to be with us past this month. And then for some free agent options, I was thinking either Matt Boyd, currently at the San Francisco Giants. He is on a one-year contract, 5.2 million, but he's recovering from forearm flexor, tendon surgery. Hasn't pitched yet. I don't know if he's rehabbing currently, but that's something that is putting a damper on his season. So uh, four-pitch mix, fastball, slider, curveball changeup, left-handed pitcher. So that's something that I think that, team is going to need in that rotation another option much more of a long shot Padres Sean Manea Padres are going to have Manea Clevenger Musgrove all his free agents after the season they're not going to be able to retain all of them who knows if they retain any of them Manea is I think the most achievable in that group for the Pirates to get (laughs) you know I mean (laughs) unlikely we end that at all but uh boyd seems much more likely of a signing potentially hopefully i think we're really going to need that makes it less necessary for burrows to start the season in the rotation he can work get some more time in indianapolis i think he gets shut down pretty early this season based on the innings load and his history but hopefully he can boost up and do 150 plus next year yeah I agree,
1: and I, I like Boyd. I think he fits the mold for the, the veteran pitcher that the Pirates bring in. Sign him, to a one- or two-year deal, pitch as well, trade him off for some pieces.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully next year we're contending and looking to buy instead of sell at the deadline, but it is still a possibility. Yeah, you never know. Yep, so that's what we're looking at for the opening day rosters. Now let's jump into the Stardew Stars of this past week. I'll start offensive player. Ryan Reynolds had a three-home run game. Michael Perez had a three-home run game. But I'm going to give it to my guy, Daniel Vogelbach. Bogey had more walks than strikeouts with a 7-4 to four ratio. Gets his hits, including a home run. Posted a 421, 577, 632 line for the week. One of the best DHs in the league. Been a huge boost to this lineup overall. Going to be sad to see him go, because I think he's very likely to be traded at the deadline. As a DH, he doesn't have too much opportunity but now with the NL having the DH there's 30 teams that could well 29 teams that could potentially use that bat starting pitcher I have Jose Quintana went six innings allowing one run four hits two walks six strikeouts pitch count wasn't too bad another case like I said earlier where Shelton pulled his starter sooner than he probably needed to team ended up losing the game but that's not on cue keeps putting up solid outings and then for the bullpen, I have Aaron Fletcher. He pitched three innings in the blowout game Friday. No runs, no hits, just a single walk. Really eight innings in a game where the team needed it. That's a clutch performance in my book. Ed, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, the only the only thing I can argue is probably having Perez for the offensive star.
0: I didn't. Uh, I had bogey.
1: Right. I'm arguing that Perez could have been the star. Oh, yeah, as you mentioned, the three home run game. He's batting four twenty-nine. Oh geez, he had four twenty-nine average, four twenty-nine on base percentage, and a one point zero seven one slug for the week. With yeah, he only four one. Four games and
0: at three home runs. Half yeah. half of his hits for the week were home runs. He gets he went six for fourteen.
1: He only had one strikeout, no walks. But it could be argued.
0: If Perez was ever going to get a star of the week, it would have been this past week.
1: And so I'll put three, him as a runner up for it. He only had three at bats less than Bogey. So
0: the at bats were way off or anything like that. All right. That's not a bad argument. I mean, you could also say, you know, Reynolds, he had a, a 286, 400, 714 average uh, slash for the week. Came up with the bases loaded today, though. Flied out to center, just missed the walk-off grand slam. That was, ah, uh, that was so. Close. Which would have made him the star of the week. Oh, a hundred percent. That would have. I would have even. We wouldn't have been talking about Vogelbach at all. Wouldn't have been talking about Perez. Wouldn't have been talking about anybody else. Would have started off the episode with Reynolds is our new god. But, uh, no, it wasn't a rough game today, honestly. He went, I think, 0 for 5. Hayes went 1 for 4. Uh, yeah, so that was unfortunate. But, anyway, yeah. yes, I, I could see the argument for Perez. Uh, Sawinski also had a really solid week. There was a couple guys at the top who had great weeks. Um, but, but just came in bunches. So wasn't spread out so that we'd be able to win a couple more games. But, yeah, Perez had a really good week overall not gonna lie on that all right and jumping down to the look ahead we've got a an interesting week ahead of us off tomorrow for the fourth of july but we do have two games at home against the yankees and then a double header on thursday at cincinnati and then we travel up to milwaukee for a second consecutive weekend series with the brewers this time in milwaukee pitching matchups First, the Yankees, we have Tyan coming home to play against left handed pitcher Quintana. Severino versus Keller in the second game. So we'll start with that. Tyan's having a great season. Severino's having a great season. That's two tough matchups. Ed, what do you you think we win either one of these?
1: Uh, I'm going to go really bold here and say we win both of them.
0: You go bold every week.
1: I do. Sometimes it pays off. Most of the time it doesn't.
0: Oh, man.
1: I don't know. know. I mean, hoping having them out of Yankee Stadium helps a little bit. Still not a super deep, deep wall in right field, but uh, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling. The Pirates play up to their competition, so. That is True.
0: That is true. Uh, Yankees currently 58 and 22 on the season. Uh, they are better at home than away. 34 and nine at home versus 24 and 13 away. But that's still one of the best away splits of any team. So, yeah, uh, I am going to say that we win one of them. I don't know which one. So I'm going <laughs> to go one of one or two. I, I, because I can't, I honestly can't see us winning either one. I think it's just going to be like dumb luck where like Severino throws a wild pitch and our guy scores from third and that's it. <laughs> that's the only run of the game. Uh, and then a doubleheader against the Reds on Thursday. Right now, Brubaker's slated to go game one against left handed pitcher Mike Minor. And then uh, TBD for game two against Maley of the Reds. So likely to be someone like, wilson or yahoo ray depending on who's available kind of thinking it's going to be wilson but uh so another two game series red's a little bit less difficult and then less intimidating at least right they're slumping the again but
1: the last time we met when they were slumping it didn't go was in say, our
0: favor nothing breaks a cincinnati slump like a couple games against the pirates yeah, currently 27-51 on the season, 13-25 uh, and 25 at home, actually worse at home than on the road where they're 14-26. and 26. So uh, it's probably going to be another one where we win one of two. It depends on who pitches game two, but we're just so terrible against lefties, I feel like, no matter what. And Brubaker always gives up at least a couple runs, so I, I don't feel great about game one. you going to be bold again?
1: No, I'm going to go with the split on this one.
0: All right. In agreement. And then weekend series at Milwaukee. Roanze Contreras is pitching game one. TBD for the starter for the Brewers. Zach Thompson rematch against Brandon Woodruff. And then Quintana will face Lauer in the final game of the series. Lauer is a left-handed pitcher. Um, we didn't get anything done against Woodruff. We didn't see Lauer this time around. But being a left-hander... Not feeling great about our chances there. Um, who? Oh, I think it was Ash. No. Yeah, Ashby pitched yesterday, I think. Wouldn't that be his? But I think he was doing a spot start, but um, i trying to think of who should be up next in that. Anyway, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I'm going to go two out of three in that one.
0: All right. Two out of three.
1: I think I think the Pirates are going to figure out how to get to uh, Woodruff this time around. And I think okay. Thompson will probably have another quality start. All
0: right. Um, let's see. If we win one of two against the Yankees, one of two... I mean, that would put us with a winning week. I will also go two of three, actually. I think that uh, Woodruff... Might be the one that we still struggle against. I think we get wins on Friday and Sunday. Take the rubber match. So, and it's a tough week. I mean, the Reds are bad, but a double-header, division. division rival, it's always going to be tough. Yankees are, I, are Yankees. they the best team in baseball? <laughs> one of the best yes. teams, at least.
1: Currently, they are the best team in baseball.
0: And the Brewers leading the you NL know, Central, you know, put 19 runs against us, against, you know, our our best starter. They dropped, what, six runs on Contreras Friday in one and two-thirds innings. So, they're a tough team. Really challenging. So, if we get three to four wins this upcoming week, I think that's pretty great. Yeah. We'll I, I wouldn't
1: be too upset with that, but... <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, well that wraps it up for us here at the Four One Two Double Play Podcast. I'm Michael Castriano. You can follow me on Twitter at Four One Two Double Play. Follow Ed at Ed underscore Wassel. Continue listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Have a happy Independence Day from all of us here at Four One Two Double Play Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and let's go Bucks! Let's go Bucks!